don't forget to like and subscribe. You can also listen to this on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we have a PayPal account for any donations that you'd like to give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. Welcome, everybody, to the Gate Expectations podcast, where I bring in a weekly guest, talk all things Yu-Gi-Oh!, and get to know a little more about each person I talk to. This is the only Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast that is run by a full-fledged journalist such as myself. This is episode 31. If you haven't checked it out yet, you can check out earlier podcasts with guests like Stephen Trivanoski, Jesse Cotton, Team Samurai X1, Farfa, Crush Cards, Simo, and many more. My guest for this week is the man behind Luxury Gaming. He is a multiple YCS topper, a UDS topper, and winner of a 3v3 YCS. And you've likely seen him on stream hosting tournaments. It's Hani Johari. Hani, man, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm uh, glad I can be on and uh, talk about the LCS and uh, my experience uh, throughout the game. Yeah, absolutely, man, because I know that you're like the big figurehead behind the LCSs, and then we just had one a couple weeks ago. Fantastic success, and it seems like like it also seems like your tournaments right now are becoming even more and more pop- popular than like the Konami sanctioned ones right now, and there's like a lot of prestige going on behind that. So, can you, first of all, can you tell me a little bit more about like luxury gaming I- itself? Uh, yeah, so luxury gaming started off as something very small. Um, in what 2018, I uh, got signed to the team pretty much. I met this uh, person named Jeff York. Uh, he introduced me to the team, and honestly, it started off very small. They did have a, their own tournament group. It was uh, 250 people total uh, in the group when I joined. Not too many. Um, there was one other tournament group that was also in the loop, but. Uh, we seen that they didn't really do too many tournaments and they weren't as consistent with them. So I ended up being sponsored by them. I did really well in that format. This is Goki format, uh, Sitalkis. I ended up getting top eight, which brought a lot of traction. And I started hosting a lot of tournaments online, just smaller ones, four mans, eight mans, 16 mans. And I pretty much ran tournaments throughout, you know, the whole entire, you know, years i've been pretty much uh doing this so from 2018 to you know 21 uh 2021 which is now but i pretty much ran t- smaller tournaments until covid you know until covid hit like it, yeah i ended up going into something much bigger i was in new jersey at the time with my sponsor uh nicholas callis uh who is uh who's a really good friend of mine and, like I said, my sponsor. And we discussed about running online YCSs pretty much because, you know, no events were going to happen. And we think it, it would be a good idea to have something for the community since nothing is going to actually be going on. <laughs> so I took it upon myself to actually uh, put in a lot of work and try to make this a thing. So from there on, I ran my first LCS. And... I ran my first LCS, and after the winner had won, and I heard him crying in the background and his family in the background, that honestly inspired me to do uh, more with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, I pretty much, you know, just took off, and I kept trying and trying and trying to make it as perfect as possible and make it something much bigger. So 
Uh, honestly, now the page is at 9,000 members, I believe. So we're at 9,000 members, and I'm really just trying to have this grow. We uh, just launched our website, and we're going to be starting uh, to use our website a lot more now. And I'm really excited for the future for this. Uh, and I do plan to run more LCSs throughout the years, especially since uh, I think events aren't going to be coming back to at least uh, 2022. And even if events do come back, I do think I'm going to be still running this. And uh, if anything, just try to work maybe with the company itself in the future and uh, try to go from there. Because I'm not the type to just, you know, have uh, like competitors and stuff like that. Like right now with the remote duels going on, it's kind of weird you know, scheduling events. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, the events, my events have been bigger uh, for the most part, but uh, it's, it's still weird, you know, competing with others, you know. It, it, not so much of that. There's a lot of prestige that goes on behind your tournaments because when I, uh, you know, when I talk to several other players that have participated in your tournaments, you know, they tell me that it, it's a really difficult grind going through your tournaments because you're really attracting like some of the best of the best, like, not, not only just North America, but like the entire world. Like, for example, we just had we had Gabriel Nets and Christian Thompson and Paulo Gonzalez. Like they're all none of them are from North America and they came in and won your tournament. So you're, you're attracting a worldwide attention for, for one thing for your tournament. And not to mention that every single match you're going to go through is like tough. Like this isn't for like any casual or anything like that this is for like the best of the best like did you ever see that these tournaments would kind of take off and and become the way that they were now yeah i I knew that eventually this was going to happen because i just put in the amount of time and effort to make it something so consistent something so amazing like if you participated in lcs 10 3v3 it was probably just the best ran tournament uh that i've ran in a while and honestly, like, it was just so consistent. Like, the rounds went fast. There was no real wait time. Like, as soon as the round ended, we started another one, you know. Um, we had multiple judge on staff. Uh, everything was super, super consistent. Like, I can't even explain how consistent it was. It, it's honestly just as it – it feels like you're just playing an IRL event. But the thing mm-hmm. is, you're just on a laptop and you're going through Discord. It's really that consistent. I, I really do want to bring more people on, and I want to show them how much fun and how good the experience is playing this tournament, you know? <laughs> and th- that was also something that both Christian and Gabriel told me of that, your tournament was run like so well and so smoothly. Like we've seen a lot of people like during like the remote dual invitationals, like those events, like the sanctioned events and that they took like, so like egregiously long and they were so painful. Like I had friends coming out of it at like 2 AM in the morning at like Eastern standard time, which was like just crazy. And, but you guys were finishing off at like, you know, it was well run. You guys finished off like a really decent time. And like, you know, a lot of people were really happy with the way your tournament was run. So, you know, in doing that, like, are you really happy with the way like your product has been going so far? Like in comparison to Konami, we just had like several complaints so far about, you know, how they're running their tournaments. Yeah. I'm very happy with the results of my tournament. I try to make them as consistent as possible. I do understand uh, it could be frustrating waiting for rounds for a long period of time. So I do try to make things uh, as fast as possible. Um, a lot of people, you know, uh, do complain sometimes about the time, but I really do try my best to make sure it runs smoothly and as fast as possible. 
Like, uh, during LCS 10, there was no time in Top Cut, which was a mistake on my, uh, on my part and my staff's part. I honestly, uh, didn't know that, that they were, uh, not running the clock for that, but mm-hmm. when obviously it'll be adjusted and I'll make sure it's more consistent. So for every single event, I do make sure that improvements are made and it, it can be the best tournament possible, the best experience possible for the players. I really... Mm-hmm. You try to aim for that. Like consistency is key, you know, and that's what I'm trying to aim for. And, and that's just it, you know. Like this is it's like a learning process, you know. Like as you get like the first tournament isn't always going to be perfect, but then you always improve upon it and improve upon it. And you know, that's part of your goal right now is to, you know, make these terms as, as best you can. You know, of course they can't not gonna be perfect, like not any tournament is, but you know, that that's what you want to do, and you want to strive to have like a, a really good product for for those out there, especially with the gaining popularity that uh, you know the LCSs have been having. Yep. And honestly, right now, the main focus for me is pulling in more sponsors to make the event uh, just much bigger, more prize support, you know, like the better the prizing, the better the tournament, in my opinion. I do aim for uh, bigger prizings because honestly, like a lot of the events that other people host, the, the prizing is just so janky. And I honestly try to try to make it to where it's fair on both sides. Yeah, honestly, I'm just trying to make it to where the staff is getting paid well and and the uh, players are getting paid well because prizing is the number one thing to me. You know, I want everyone to to feel like uh, they're getting good money in return. You know, I want mm-hmm. to I want this to be something big. I don't want it to be something to where you know you you put in all this like all these hours. You know, for day one and for day two, and you you don't get paid you know, accordingly, I'm, I'm trying to put in, you know, I'm trying to put it into perspective of, you know, of the players. I'm trying to have everyone get paid out for their time. You know, it's not like it's, it's a tournament that's going to last, you know, maybe like one or two hours. It's a tournament that's going to last, you know, two days and to leading up to the tournament, you know, to practice and all that, uh, it does take, you know, time out your day and i do think getting paid accordingly for that is uh something very important so price support is something that i'm trying to focus on to be like the best price support in the game pretty much what was the price support that was for the the lcs 3v3 that just happened a couple weeks ago it was all of top 16 got play mats mm-hmm. uh top eight got Three hundred dollars for the team, so it's a hundred dollars each. Mm-hmm. Uh, top four got, I believe, two hundred dollars each. The uh, for yeah, third and fourth, mm-hmm. it might have been a little bit more. I can't recall off the top of my head. I remember first place specifically getting uh, two thousand one hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, second place, I believe, got one thousand two hundred dollars. So. Uh, you know, a lot of cash involved, a lot of money involved. I really mm-hmm. do try to focus on giving good price support, you know, and um, and of course there was boxes that were given out. Pretty much a whole entire case of the newest set got uh, distributed, as well mm-hmm. as uh, trophies. So you know, a, a lot of uh, product. You get a lot in return for twenty dollars. That's what my main goal is. You know, I'm not trying to give everyone a playmat and be like, "Thanks for playing." I'm trying to give everyone something that's uh, much bigger. 
Uh, and and Gabriel was uh, making little jokes that because you still have to send him uh, another trophy from one of his other past victories, you know, saying that you know you can hold on to those two ones, and if he wins another one, you can send all yeah. three little packages. <laughs> so yeah, like, I have to just ship, as a little joke. I have to ship all three to him. So <laughs> big, a big uh, package, you know. You know, a lot of these LCS that are happening monthly, and uh, due to COVID and stuff, the mats sometimes get delayed. You know, there's delays, the weather, so. Uh, to get everything shipped out, it's you know it's definitely challenging, especially since I'm dealing with a lot of European shipments. Yeah. So it's definitely. you know it's it's a lot when it comes down to that. You yeah. Know. The it's thing is thing. about my tournaments is uh, we pay the shipping. You know we do all the we do all the work when it comes down to paying for shipping and uh, stuff like that. You know mm-hmm. we're we're really we're really lenient about that, and you know shipping isn't cheap. You know it's. Uh, yeah. Definitely it's, definitely, it's definitely a lot, especially when you're dealing with a lot of European players, which is majority of my uh, player base, in my opinion. I think a lot more European players play than NA players. And you know your your prize support is like it, it, astronomically large here, like with how much money you're giving out. And you know Yu-Gi-Oh sanctioned Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments, they don't give out any money at all. So do you think that your your prize structure is like a big draw among like other things as why like a lot of people kind of circulate to uh, the LCSs? Yeah, I think the prize support is a big reason. And honestly, at this point, I think it's also the consistency. Like now, when people are joining tournaments. As soon as they end, they're realizing how consistent the event was, and uh, they're honestly wanting to play another. You know, that's that's the main goal. This is the reason why I try to aim for consistency. So you know, people come back. If you have a bad experience, are you really going to come back? That's what it comes down to. You know, mm-hmm. you know, no one has a bad experience and they're like, "Yeah, I'm going to go back and play now." That's you know, that's something that people strive for, a good experience. Yeah. So, so it's really about uh, just, like, developing, like, your own community with, with LCSs and luxury gaming and just kind of, like, turning into something your own so, like, people can have, like, a place to play, especially during these times where, like, so many players are, like, starved for playing Yu-Gi-Oh! because of the whole COVID-19 pandemic. Yep. You know, my goal is just to get get a place for people to play and and enjoy the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before this, I used to play tournaments, you know, all over the world, and and I enjoyed it so much. So I couldn't imagine not having a place to play. So you know, you, you take a couple sacrifices. You don't play. I don't play as mm-hmm. much as I used to anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I'll play here and there, but. Uh, I took a couple sacrifices, and now I just host tournaments for the community, you know? Do you think that that's a really factor in the way you run your tournaments, considering that you're also, like, a, a top-tier player as well? Because, you know, we've seen so many tournaments where, like, we've seen, like, they're run by people who, like, play casually or don't really play the game anymore or something like that, where as opposed to you, like, you've played, like, all these tournaments. You've, you've won a YCS. You've topped a whole bunch of them. So, like, you know exactly what like the players want like you're a pretty good representative of what what like all the big names want and all that to to really host like a good quality tournament yeah i'm i'm all in for the people like when i when i'm doing this i'm i'm literally doing it for the people mm-hmm. uh the amount of money and time i put into this like it it's for no one else it's just for the people at this point you know yeah and i try to make it as consistent as possible uh i can't like I can't even use this for content, you know, the, like it's for, it's all for the people. Like, 
when it comes down to Twitch streaming for YouTube and for all that, like, look how many people are doing coverage over the LCS, you know, like mm-hmm. there's, there's really minimal benefits for us. We're honestly just doing it for the people. So uh, that's why I try to make this uh, something, you know, big and hopefully, you know, people enjoy it. And mm-hmm. um, I just want to continue to make this bigger and bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, what is it about your tournaments here? Like, just give me a picture. Is it, why, why is it that um, your tournaments are like appealing to all these masses? Honestly, I couldn't tell you, you know, because I, I see, I see PPG tournaments and I see all these other tournaments and, mm-hmm. you know, little to no coverage is, is focused on these tournaments. No one really puts any type of coverage on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. People are just so interested into the LCS, you know. As soon as the LC, like the weekend of the LCS, you could see everybody. Everybody on this earth is pretty much streaming it. Like, look at every mm-hmm. Twitch channel. Like, everyone wants to stream the LCS, and mm-hmm. then everybody wants to grab the replays, post them on YouTube. Everyone wants to be involved in this into this LCS. I I really couldn't tell you why, but. Uh, honestly, I'm happy that people are enjoying it, and that's that's you know what I want. Yeah, and you guys have been running like consistent tournaments like th- throughout, and you know really like trying to reach out to the community here because again, like I think cash tournaments were are, like a really big thing that a lot of the Yu-Gi-Oh players are starved for us since Konami like won't give it to us because that's just that's just the way that they they want to be. That's the way they want to run their business. So, and then you know seeing the prize support, I was amazed when. Uh, you know, Gabriel and Christian were telling me what your prize support was. I'm like 700 bucks. Like that's a lot of money considering. Like I know you can win like prize cards and stuff yeah. at YCS like that, but like you're you're not like Konami affiliated per se. So like giving out these kind of prizes is huge to give it back to the community. Yeah, and honestly, like for this one, it was only 700 dollars, but for mm-hmm. the single ones, they're a lot more money. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're way more for first place. Let's say you know. We got the same account, like same. Yeah, so for this one, it was about 400 people. So um, <laughs> let's say if this one was just a, a normal LCS with 400 people, uh, mm-hmm. the, the prize uh, for first, it would have been f- uh, from 3000 to $4,000 if it was <laughs> a if it was just a regular structured tournament. So, and that's not even including the, the boxes, the trophies, the mats, like, so... You know, the bigger the tournament, the bigger the prize pool. Yeah. yeah, and I mean that's that's typically how tournaments are, but like it's it's just shocking like how big like your your prize support is, and I th- I think that's a, a big reason why you know your people are so drawn to your tournaments. That how well comp- how competitive it is first of all, because like every single name I see is like a big name that's out there. I'm like, geez, I feel like if I go in there, I might be going like O2 drop or something like that. Even though I, you know, I would think I'm a very good player myself, but the, these guys are like the the best of the best that are coming out here. So that's another thing. And you know, this is and, and it's a really great spectacle to see because a lot of people want to see these like you know these heavyweight bouts that you're putting out there. Like we're like we're seeing a lot of great players that are like like Paul Cooper for example. Like he was there in the finals, and I'm pretty sure and people were wondering where he was and for a while and then he came out came second place and so he did a really good job out there and uh, you know it's it's the kind of names that your tournament's able to draw and uh, i think also that's a big factor in why your your tournaments are so popular yeah i try to you know 
I try to bring in all the big names. I try to, you know, I'm good friends with a lot of these people because, you know, I traveled the, to events with them and I've spoken to a lot of them. So when I told them I was doing this LCS thing, uh, they all pretty much got on board. They seen that I was giving good prizing. And honestly, that's when everyone really just jumped ship. And now people are also seeing it as a, a way to grow their channels for Twitch and YouTube. And it's honestly just getting everyone involved. And it's not only just the top big players. It's also everyone wants great content like this is where all the content is. This is where the format starts. When the format, when the ban list comes out and there's a new format, who is introducing the format? Mm-hmm. Like, it's usually just the LCS because as soon as the list drops, it's the first event there. So uh, we're pretty much showing everyone what the, the we pretty much shaped the format is the best way to say it. <laughs> and it but, uh, yeah, because I'm pretty sure like you would, like, like let's say the it won't be official until like a few weeks later but your turn is like we'll do it right now like because i'm sure that people yeah. are inkling to test their decks right now like immediately when the list comes because they're, they're getting the stuff and they you know they can't wait you know and and i'm pretty sure that you guys are do those kinds of tournaments yeah and uh, we, go ahead sorry we definitely just want to have it to where everyone's playing uh something you know new Usually, that's how we run our events. Let's say, um, let's say we're like we're in this format right now. We wouldn't run a tournament until the next set because uh, we don't like the fact that we're playing the same format over and over. It has to be interesting. Uh, we don't like we don't like running tournaments when the format's pretty much stale. Mm-hmm. We try to you know introduce something new. So let's say a new box comes out that will run a, a event a week or a week or two after the uh, set is released we don't try to we don't try to run events with like the like the old stale lists and stuff because it's just not fun you know we try to make it fun mm-hmm. we try to make it something new we put so much planning into our events before we post them like lcs 11 a lot of people have hit me up asking when is that gonna go down mm-hmm. and in all honesty I'm really just waiting for a ban list because the format, how it is right now, it's, you know, it's nothing crazy. You know, it's the same format we've been playing. And honestly, I'm trying to have something new come out, you know? Yeah. Then for example, like, because like the freezing chains, like structure that came out, like would that have any effect at all in like possibly having like an LCS coming up soon? Or would you rather wait for like something bigger of like that ban list? Yeah, I'm probably just going to go ahead and wait until the ban list at this point. Um, I could run events, but right now I know that uh, Konami has a lot of events planned, so I'm not really trying to interfere with any of those. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they're running events both weekends of March, like the, the two last weekends of March. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and run mine uh, a week before theirs. So I guess it would be the weekend of the 13th or the 14th. I think it's, I think that's the weekend. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, that would probably be the weekend of the LCS and hopefully a list is out by then because if not, then I might unfortunately have to host an LCS, a weekend of a remote dual invitational. Yeah. And and like, honestly, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to interfere with, uh, with other tournament organizers, especially Konami, because, you know, 
uh, I understand, you know, it's their game. It's, uh, I just don't feel comfortable running events during the same weekend as them. You know, I'm very courteous when it comes down to stuff like that. Are, are you also trying to coordinate with Konami too? So that way you don't have like a, a, like a stale format. So let's say for example, if they have like the same form, if they have one format and then let's say there's like an LCS happening, you don't want that to be the exact same format as the remote dual invitational, or is that something that you consider at all? Uh, I think it's, I think it's fine. Like when a list drops to run a tournament, um, like the week of, so people can prepare for the Konami events, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know not too many people are into remote duels, and I, I, I honestly know why, but um, I still try to cater for those players, and I try to make it to where you know they can get something to test before uh, entering. So um, I try to run my events, you know, a week before theirs. And um, sometimes after, depending, but usually just before their tournament. So uh, people can have something to test and, you know, uh, play around with, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people really resonate your tournaments because you're giving them exactly what we've been asking for, for a long time. Like we want cash tournaments, we like, hi- like highly competitive stuff. Not to say that Konami doesn't have competitive tournaments, but like these are really like hyper competitive with uh, with like a really like global following for one thing. Yeah. And like major prize support. Like this is everything that like the, you know, the legacy players or like the, the big players like you, like you would like want in a tournament and you're, you're giving it to them because you've been on that other side. And I know that you like, like to play the large tournaments as well. So I think that's what the great thing about the LCSs are because it's doing exactly what um, it's doing exactly what we want. Like this is yeah. the feedback that we're trying to give to Konami. It's like, they're not doing it, but you guys are. Yeah. Honestly, it's the way I look at it is like how, what tournament would I want to play in? Yeah, and unfortunately, and unfortunately, I I can never play in a tournament like this. But but I'm giving everyone the opportunity to, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's such an easy question to ask yourself. It's like, you know, what what do I want out of a tournament? And like, why don't why do we run tournaments like that? And you kind of took that very simple question and and kind of run with it right now. We've already like again, we're already at uh, LCS ten. We've already done that one. Now we're moving on to the eleventh one. It's it's seen some fantastic success so far. So first of all, I'm really glad that you're like really taking off with this, and I'm glad that you're putting out these tournaments, which is fun to watch. And and again, like not, unlike Konami, like you're allowed to to stream these games that you're playing as well, which I also think is a big factor because like there's a lot of like big name players that are, that do a lot of streaming. But and they want to put this as content as well, as you mentioned earlier. Like for like Pack, for example, I know he does that a lot with with your channel, and uh, I, I'm sure that it's also like win win situation for you because you're getting publicity and he's getting publicity. It's it's not a zero sum game here. Both years are winning in this situation. Konami won't allow that. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to cater for everyone. You know, I'm yeah, I'm lenient when it comes down to stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to cater for everyone. I mean. Um, it's very hard for us to put out content for the fact that everyone else is using our content. So it's, it's really hard for us to, to actually grow outside of just running the tournament since everyone is just on coverage, mm-hmm. but you know, there's no really, con- there's no real control of that because of the fact that it's all ran through dueling book, you know, <laughs> it, there's no real control over like who's streaming and who can't, you know, like uh, Konami and PPG, you know, they can, they can put, you know, they put restrictions to where people can't stream and uh, we can't, you know, we can't really control that due to the fact that it's on Dueling Book mm-hmm. and for the fact that uh, 
you know, it's just a public, it's a public server, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you know what like, speaking of uh you know having your own content like you guys like do have your own uh youtube channel and you guys do have your own stream and whatnot and you like you guys post stuff a lot about it but uh i know i i feel like do you just go hard more on on twitch than you do on youtube for for your content yeah uh for twitch we do go really hard on uh for youtube we were gonna go ahead and post our replays for lcs's and stuff mm-hmm. but it's just too much uh, it's too much for us to do since we're running the event and mm-hmm. um th- at this point there's no way we can actually post on youtube since there's uh people in the community that just stream our lcs's and you know like we can't even put out our own content uh due to the fact that like people are uh, just streaming our events and you know posting it themselves you know that's the issue mm-hmm so, so the fact that, it, you know, that your content isn't really being, like, exclusively broadcast is, is kind of why, like, you just really haven't bothered, like, doing it through YouTube and whatnot? Yeah, because, uh, you know, if it's not really exclusive, it's just, you know, it's it, it's just too many people doing it. And honestly, like, growth is just very hard when you're having a lot of the people do the same thing. That's the thing about, like, the YouTube uh, scene. I feel like a lot of the people are doing the same thing. And it's very hard for growth when it's everyone doing the same thing. Like, like it, it just hurts everyone on all sides, pretty much. The only person I can tell you right now that I think has the best content on YouTube is Pac. And mm-hmm. I, honestly, like, the reason I say that is because he puts out content that's like no other. Like, he is so innovative with his content. It's mm-hmm. actually unreal, and it's so much. There's so much benefits off his uh, channel. Like, if you're a new and upcoming player, you learn so much from this guy, and he he pretty much puts everything in perspective for all players. You know? Yeah. And that's something that I think is huge. Like, I look at all these other channels, and honestly, I see nothing to really gain from except for his. Like, and th- that's. I know this sounds crazy, but like it, it's honestly like the truth. Like I look at Farfa's channel, uh, he's honestly he's huge for uh, for just being you know he just likes to you know clown around. He has a huge mm-hmm. fan base. You know they're always trolling. I do enjoy watching his stuff, but from a competitive standpoint, and from a, like a like from a player standpoint, if you're really trying to improve at this game. Mm-hmm. The only channel I would go to is uh, Pack TCG. Yeah, and and that's the thing, you know, because like every, everyone has like something to offer for it, you know, like and Pack is definitely that because when you look at him, he's he's very young in this game in the sense that he has not played this game long. But when you the way he looks at things, especially the game, it, it's incredible how it is because he's gotten so much success so fast. Like I've never seen a guy who's been this good at the game so quickly before and and Pac's definitely looked at this this game like at a completely different level so i love watching pack and going to his streams because he definitely has something new and like and for example if you go to my podcast i'm not really like the one offering the most like the best advice it's more a lot of theory from a lot of other players you know that's not you don't go to my channel like entirely for for that kind of stuff it's more about you know profiles on who it is but yeah but pack definitely for like if you want to learn more about the game i I am with you on board on that one with the the content he puts out and it's fantastic for what he does for the community. Yeah, and honestly, uh I do really like the uh concept of your channel because you're not only targeting 
uh, top players, you're also targeting the uh, content creators. And that's just honestly, that's just huge because you're involving the whole community. A lot of people would just, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, get interviews from the top player and that's it, you know. Uh, you're you're hitting all perspectives, and uh, I really do enjoy that. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, by the way. And, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to do because I understand that, you know, everybody's Yu-Gi-Oh! tastes are different. You know, some people like to play just casually. Some people just like goat format. Some people just want to care about just in the here and now. And some people just want to hear about just, like, just funny stuff that happens. And, you know, I try to appeal to every single different audience. Like, there, there's not, not every single podcast for everybody, but there's always going to be something for someone. And I'm sure that a lot of people who are like really into your tournaments or just looking for like major competitive tournaments that maybe are not quite remote to invitations is going to be interested in this because again, like I've always respected uh, luxury gaming and what they've done because they're putting on like a tournament scene, like, like never before. Like we've seen like PPG, like put out some stuff in here and there, but I don't think it's ever been as big as it has been with, with luxury gaming. Yeah. And honestly, like that's what I, you know, try to aim for. Mm-hmm. and it's it's a fantastic product man so i really hope you you keep going with uh with luxury gaming man because it's it's a treat to watch and like I, I was watching a bit of the finals myself when i was on it because i was busy throughout most of the weekend but able to at least catch the final so i was glad for that and tournaments are just just fun to watch because again they're, they're heavyweight bouts it's it's what we want to see like who who doesn't want to see like the best versus the best i mean we usually want to see that in, in any any kind of competition where it's like sports, like sports, for example, we always want to see the best, the best. And that's what you're kind of doing here. Cause uh, you know, and I, I'm really glad that you like are kind of spearheading this program because it, it's a fantastic thing to watch, man. I, I just, I hope you realize that this coming from me. Yeah. And I just, like I said, it, it's just for the community, you know, I'm really yeah. just trying to where everyone has a place to play for great prize support. And it's very consistent. That's mm-hmm. You know, like I said, that's the goal at all. Yeah, and definitely, man. I'm I'm glad that's it's it's going, man. So keep keep going with that, man. So like, because you're running all this stuff, man. As you mentioned before, you can't really play so much, man. Is is there like some inkling for you to be able to want to like step back into the game and play? Especially since like you can play this game really well, and you're and you're a strong duelist in your own right. Yeah, um, honestly, like I tried all these different tournaments. And, you know, I tried the remote duels. I tried PPGs before. And honestly, like, I just can't participate in those tournaments anymore. It's just, like, I see, so like, you know, when you're hosting so many tournaments and you're seeing, like, inconsistencies throughout these tournaments, it's just, like, it just doesn't get me in the mood to play because there's just so many inconsistencies with these other tournaments. And honestly, it's just, it's just not appealing to me. And and that's why I try to strive to make mine better, just so people can have like a, a real experience. You know, is it kind of yeah? Is it like one of those situations where like you kind of see it? It's like okay, well, I I can definitely do better than the way like this is going, and then the, kind of be an inspiration for why like you guys like started like doing the LCSs and kind of having these tournaments being run so well. Yeah, and yeah, that's pretty much. That's pretty much basically how I uh, get my tournaments to improve. I, you know, I play in, I play in these other groups. I try to see, I try to see what weaknesses were, and uh, I try to even improve on theirs uh, mm-hmm. with uh, uh, with mine. You know, I just 
I take, I learn from their mistakes. I learn from every mistake. I learn from my own mistakes, you know, and then that's how you improve, you know? Yeah, definitely that. I mean, that's because again, like you're a really great player and all that. I'm pretty sure that's uh, like one of the reasons why you've, you've had so much success in the game is being able to learn from your own mistakes and whatnot. And could you tell me a little bit more about uh, like uh, the success that you've had in this game so far? Like, as I mentioned at the start, like you've had like a ton of like YCS tops and you've won like a three V three event itself. Like, so what I really should be asking is that, you know, what could you attribute like a whole bunch of your success to? Yeah. So when I started, you know, I started, I started way back in like 2014 as, you know, a kid who just, Mm-hmm. We just played casually, locals and stuff like that. Nothing too big. You know, mm-hmm. I went to a YCS during like Pepe format. I ended up getting like 38th place. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, it started going. I, I pretty much like took like a break until like an event got closer to me, which was, I believe, YCS Atlanta Zoo, uh, zoo format. Mm-hmm. And uh, me and Paul Cooper uh, became, you know, really good friends. And, uh, we worked together, uh, through a lot of zoo format, um, after zoo format 2017, I think it was like in nationals 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly wasn't sure if I was going to play cause I just, uh, I was just so focused with, uh, you know, school and other stuff. So I didn't know if I was going to play or not. And my brother was like, hey, let's go to this regional in, uh, in Alabama. And this is, I think, right after Jeff Jones had won with the Pendulum Duck. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the event, and I was like, wow, this Pendulum Duck is awful. So, <laughs> so I was like, I can't believe this is what the format is, and this is what people are playing. I'm like, I'm, I think I'm going to go to the next YCS, which is in Dallas, and play the new deck that's coming out, which is Spiral. Um, and I did, and I ended up getting top four. Um, and then from there I decided, man, um, I think I want to travel a lot more and I want to get my name out there. So, you know, I tried to take it upon me to go to a couple events. I bubbled, I think, uh, the, the two events before, uh, Secaucus. And, uh, when I went to Secaucus, I finally ended up, uh, uh, getting back into top cut, uh, mm-hmm. this time getting top eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is when I first joined Luxury. So this this brought a lot of uh, attention to the team for the fact that I brought something totally different to the event, Goki Sky Striker. There, mm-hmm. was not, there was no one playing Goki Sky Striker. When I tell you no one was playing Engage and Hornet Drones in their Goki deck. Uh, and after that, I think it just took off and... And 20, I think, yeah, uh, 2018 or, yeah, it should be 2018 at this point. Yeah, 2018 yeah, Nationals. Uh, 2018 Nationals uh, got top eight. Um, Goki Sky Striker again. Uh, and it ended up, that deck ended up actually winning the event. And a lot of players did end up topping the event with my deck. Mm-hmm. And then from that point, um, I just kept working on the Goki deck and a lot of, uh, top players seen success with my list uh gabe vargas ended up winning i believe niagara with uh my goki list oh okay god i didn't know it was your list oh. yeah so 
uh, he ended up winning the event with my Goki list. And um, from there, uh, I just I just played Goki, and it was really hard for me because a lot I had gained so much tension uh, from like the last you know few events of me playing. So a lot of players were just uh, game one ending on like a best dweller, like just they just knew <laughs> they're always you know just going anti combo. So it was it was getting really hard. Uh, if, uh, for the first time, I seen like the struggle of being known. Like if you're known and people know what deck you're playing, like your event becomes a lot like a lot harder so mm-hmm. so i'm playing throughout these events i was like man i'm struggling with a lot of combo decks i think i have to switch it up because like the amount of people expecting combo from me so i ended up switching it up for uds vegas and i ended up playing sky striker and ended up getting top eight yeah it was top eight yep so i ended up getting top eight with the sky striker deck and after that i realized Man, a lot of these people now think I'm on the Sky Striker deck. So for the next event, I'm going to go ahead and play combo again. <laughs> so I played combo again. I ended up getting top eight uh, in the 3v3. So this is the first ever 3v3. Uh, me, Christian, and Cam Neal ended up getting top eight. Uh, unfortunately, we lost in top cut. Um, but, you know, top eight, still very good. Uh, and then for pretty much the rest of uh, the rest of that season, I didn't do too well. And, you know, it happens, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes, you know, you think uh, your deck was the right deck and uh, it's not. Or sometimes you could have just uh, gotten unlucky. You know, there's those factors, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, 2019 Nationals, uh, my deck ended up winning the event. So two Nationals in a row pretty much uh the, the deck that I was playing pretty much won the event. But um, for this Nationals, Cody ended up playing my uh, Thunder Dragon uh, Crusadia deck yep. and, uh, or the Dangerous Thunder deck, and he ended up winning. So uh, I put in a lot of hours with Cody. Me and Cody pretty much traveled uh, for a whole two months together, and uh, we worked on uh, you know the decks together. Uh, he ended up winning Nationals, and I ended up uh, – getting uh, second place at the uh, ARD Invitational uh, mm-hmm. that same month. So, and, and at least that, you know, all this hard work culminated because you get, you went to travel to uh, Lima, Peru, which was the first uh, 3v3 event that ha- ever happened in Latin America. And you won that event. So you've, so finally, like after all this work, you know, you've won a 3v3 yourself. Yeah. So, after 2019 nationals, I went to the Middle East and I spent time with my family. So I went to UDS Indy. Uh, I played the event with pretty much the same deck I played for nationals. Nothing too uh, too different. Um, and honestly, I just didn't like. I didn't like how the de- like. I just didn't like the deck that I was playing. And I realized that uh, for this year, like I I looked back for the last like two years and what what made me not top the events that I played in. And a lot of the reasons why I didn't top the events that I played in is because uh, just I was, I was testing with a lot of different people. And honestly, it's sometimes it's good to get uh, other brains involved, but at the same time, it's also just, it, it could be a downside to your tournament when everyone is, uh, when everyone is on the deck that you're playing. So for this, for this season, I really wanted to focus on just, working on my own decks and focusing more on uh on technical play and just trying to 
trying to make it to where you know where people don't know where I'm pl- what I'm playing when I'm walking into the event because mm-hmm. a lot of the times when I was walking into events, people knew what I was playing. People were countering me for game ones, and I, it just made my tournament experience a lot harder to go through. So for mm-hmm. for this upcoming season, I wanted to make sure I was playing something different for majority of the events, or something that was just so good that uh, it, it shouldn't have mattered if people knew. Now, so um, I started. So I didn't, like I said, I didn't really test much for indie. Didn't do too so well, but I did reflect hard off that event. Um, I ended up going to the next event in Portland because I did want to do the regional grind for this year. Mm-hmm. Went to Portland, played a Orcus deck that uh, that I thought was really good. It was going second Orcus. Um, me and me and a couple other people like Peter Tran and Dennis uh, all played the deck. I really worked hard on it because I thought uh, going blind second and playing Mystic Mind was a really good win con uh, in this format. <laughs> a lot of people weren't playing Mystic Mind at the time. Mm-hmm. I ended up decking out seven people in Swiss. Oh, wow. That's a uh, lot. With, uh, with the uh, Mystic Mind. Uh, so I thought it was uh, a really good strategy for that event. And it was so good that I actually played it in another event, and it was in Niagara. Mm-hmm. And I got top 16 at that event. So I had got top 8, then top 16. Then I had went to Mexico. I ended up uh, losing on the last round. Um, from there, I ended up going to uh, to Texas, and I played Sky Striker Orchest. And honestly, for that event, it was really just my fault. Like, all my losses were to my misplays and uh, and honestly like i take account of uh, accountability for that but i do think my deck was honestly the strongest in the room i was playing sky striker orcus uh during a time where no one actually played it and it ended up becoming the best deck eventually yeah i mean that deck was insane like when it finally got uh like popularized because uh i was at the a Toronto regional, probably around like November of 2019. So this was when like Orcus was at its at its peak, and I I think I ran like five mirror matches, and striker cards were so incredibly powerful. And so I can imagine like being able to play like a like the striker engine before anybody knows it because it's it's such a huge advantage being able to play with that engine itself with Orcus. Yep. So. Uh, from that point, me and Kamal Brooks ended up testing so much together. And this is where me and Kamal really just got together and we started playing Yu-Gi-Oh! a lot. And uh, that's the only person that I decided to test with. Uh, he was banned at the time. Um, but, you know, we he still wanted to play and he wanted to be refreshed because in a few months he was going to be uh, he was going to be released from uh, the list. And, yeah, reinstated in other words yeah, yeah. reinstated and uh yeah he just wanted to uh you know get refreshed from the game and he wanted to start playing again so me and him got together you know we were both playing we both put in a lot of hours we tested for peru and me and him just tested so much for peru with the orcas deck and um we we were playing without the sky striker cards but we knew of them we were unsure if uh if we wanted to play them or not for the event in peru we decided, mm-hmm. no, let's just continue to play this version because uh, this is what I know. And I've been playing it for weeks. So um, I pretty much decided to bring the Orcus deck. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, my teammate Arnold Nadaban, who hadn't actually been playing within like uh, since what I believe June of 2019, and I think this is November. So he hadn't played for a couple months, as you can uh, see. Um, he actually went into the event with no testing at all. Oh, wow, really? So, uh, yeah, I ended up having him play my deck, and, you know, I helped him through the course of the tournament since it was a 3v3. I was able, you know, to coach. So I pretty much uh, got him to play my deck, and um, the deck was just so good, and no one was on it that it was just – it didn't matter that he didn't play in months because the fact that how overpowering the deck was. And, um, and I was there on it. Like, I was there by his side helping him. And um, – my friend Christian, he was going to play the Dragon deck originally, but I got him to switch over to the Yorkist deck after testing, and uh, he pretty much just immediately switched over. So uh, pretty much the night before uh, Peru, it was just me who had so much experience with the Orcus deck and knew it the ins and outs of it just by playing. And I had a friend who pretty much switched over last minute, and I had a friend that hadn't played in months. And... Uh, <laughs> And we still ended up winning the event due to the fact yeah. of uh, the consistency and the power of the deck. So it's amazing. How was that feeling when you uh, when you found out that you got you won the the three v three YCS? Honestly, like it, it was just a crazy feeling. You know, you're always you know you. I went to all these events. I've been trying to win. I've seen so many of my friends win within the last couple. Uh, Within the two years, a lot of my friends win. Like, I mean, especially like a lot of them were with my deck list, you know. So I'm like, eventually, uh, I was gonna get one. And I seen a lot of top players win, you know. Like even uh, Jesse had gotten a win before. I think he actually got two wins before that. <laughs> so you know, a lot of top players. And I was like, man, I, I definitely need a win here. So I put in a lot of hours and a lot of work for Peru, and it ended up paying off. And then after that. I ended up going to, uh, I think it, this one was Pasadena. I played the Sky Striker deck. I ended mm -hmm. up getting uh, top 32. That was the first time I've ever gotten top 32. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I think uh, Niagara was the first time I ever got top 16 as well. So yeah. Uh, after that, I ended up going to a PPG playing the Sky. Uh, I think the Spiral deck uh, just to try it out. Um, it was horrendous. Everyone was playing this, uh, the spiral deck. Everyone was playing droll. Like it was just horrendous. I was like, man, this format is not looking too hot. So going into the UDS, I was like, I'm going to play Luna light because I didn't want to deal with the mirrors, but I walk into the event and everybody's playing shit all for some reason. Like the shit all structure deck just came out and yep. everyone, Oh, I think shit all's the best deck. And I'm like, wow, I'm playing spiral again because everybody just decided to switch last minute and play a deck that I thought was uh, definitely just not the best. And I, I was like, okay, this is definitely, uh, this is definitely a game changer because a lot, a, a lot less people were playing, uh, spiral. So I had more chances to win because I'm not getting FTK turn one pretty much. And, um, even if these other decks do open droll and Lockbird and stuff like that, it did not matter because they're going to give you more turns. Uh, so you know droll is gonna last one turn and if you can get more turns it, it shouldn't matter uh, as in the spiral mirror if you got droll and lockbird you're pretty much dying the next turn so yeah so it was a big a big change so i ended up playing spiral for that event getting top eight um after that went to uh 
I actually got first in Swiss at that event. Uh, and then after that, I went to the uh, 3v3 in, I think this is Vegas, the last event. Yeah. And I ended up getting uh, first after Swiss, and then I ended up getting to top 16. And um, I also ended up going to a regional after that, and I ended up winning with the spiral deck as well. And after that, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Brazil. And it was like like the day I said I was going to Brazil. Right. Oh. TV and it was like, oh, there's going to be a travel ban. So I crossed that off my list. And then from there, it was just COVID. And that's when the LCS started popping off. And uh, yeah, that's where everything pretty much changed. But no, before uh, before COVID, I was definitely on a hot streak because uh, it was Peru, uh, Peru, uh, the UDS, no, Peru, Pasadena, the UDS, and Vegas. I had just top, I had won that, I won an event and I topped three events in a row. And I even won that regional within, mm-hmm. within the, like those like two months, you know? So I was really just on fire within that time, that time point. And honestly, like, uh, who knew how far uh, this, you know, this could have went, you know, that's the thing, you know, you'll never know what could have happened next, but you know, now I'm just running events and maybe when events come back, I'll play again. I'm very unsure. I'm really focused on my life and right now I'm just trying to get, uh, you know, my life together, you know, try to set up a career for myself. Mm-hmm. It, it's a really funny flex that you say that, you know, I've only had like one top 16 and one, Top 32 and you mean that like in like a negative context because like every other one of your placings has been like better than that and that's a it's a really funny flex because a lot of people i'm sure have haven't even got to like anywhere close to you and they would like kill to like to have like that kind of flex that you would have like just oh at least like i have at least one top but it's like no it's like yeah top 32 is like i only have one and that's like my worst one out of all yeah. that it's a funny little flex you've got and it's it's pretty it's a yeah. cool stat definitely too but i mean again that's just kind of like a list of like great accolades that you've had so far yeah honestly like um i'm always trying to just get a w like <laughs> Regardless of the, you know, what play thing, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get a W. You know? Yeah, I'm really trying to get to Worlds for uh, when events come back. You know, that was my last goal, pretty much, to go to Worlds. And you know, I was, I was gonna qualify for the top 16 uh, for the Worlds grind, but you know, since COVID, things happen. What can you do? Yeah, and it, 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 it's definitely been like a, a rough thing for a lot of people too because I know that there's many people who have been going out for these world grinds and then of course COVID hits and that just completely takes away like a, a lot of the you know that time and effort that people were putting into to be able to, to go to that too and I, I'm pretty sure like Brazil that was one of the events that was supposed to happen but then uh, COVID hit and then it just got cancelled and then that, that like really uh, messed things up for a lot of people. I think Jesse was a part of it too for, for trying to go to that event and uh, you know, you travel all the way out there like part way across the world for you know for no reason. So it definitely has to be a pain for knowing that you were trying to go to that event and you couldn't go to it because of the whole uh, pandemic situation. Yeah. And I wasn't just on a hot streak. I was just ready to go to the next event yeah. and play because honestly I felt like I was at the best point of my entire Yu-Gi-Oh career. I was just pretty much I was just on fire and I was on my I was on my A game at all times. I was just just where I needed to be. 
Yeah, I, I completely understand that. Like, why why would you want to stop if you're on a hot streak? You know, because you're you're feeling really confident at that point, and you've been playing really well. It's like you you want to keep that going and you know carry that momentum hopefully into to worlds, like you said. And speaking of which, assuming that you know that we're gonna things are gonna open up again and we can start playing like in real life tournaments again, uh, is is the world points thing uh, something you're gonna uh, attempt to pursue again? Honestly, uh, I don't think so. Sadly, uh, I have a lot going on, you know, I'm working a lot, mm-hmm. uh, kind of focus more on my life. You know, it's definitely what's more important. Yeah, definitely. But can't really uh, travel as much as I wanted to. So, you know, right now it's just, uh, you know, no events right now. I'm just going to keep running LCSs. When events do come back, I might just go to the bigger ones and that's it. Okay. And I'll try to go to, I'll try to go to worlds the hard way. You know. Yeah. So, but you, you still at least be involved in like the playing aspect of the game when the world opens, if and when the world opens up. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to play. You know, I'll, I'll try to get to as many events as I can, and I'll, I'll try to put in a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But I also do focus on playing or uh, posting more LCSs during the time when events come back as well, because I do think LCSs are still going to be a thing after COVID mm-hmm. because. Uh, before events, I'm gonna just I'm gonna run them right before a YCS weekend, and uh, maybe even a, a two weeks before a YCS weekend, so people can go ahead and test for the events, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm really gonna focus on uh, making an LCS still a thing, um, pretty much similar to ARG, but the difference is it's gonna be all online and it's convenient for people to play, you know. Yeah, it really is too, especially for people who, you know, can't get access to like, you know, X card, X card, because, you know, like the for- the format can be uh, a little bit expensive with all like the power creep cards that we have right now. Like, for, ex- like, for example, like we have Prosperity, Droplets, like, Talents, you know, not really cheap cards per se. And then, you know, the way the way that uh, these tournaments are go for you, for, you know, people that are playing, like, for example, let's say like I didn't have any of those cards at all and I wanted to get back into the game. Well, I can test with these cards online, and if I like them and I do it, then I could start like borrowing cards or buying these cards, and then prepping for you know in real life event. And if they don't work out for me, then I can just choose not to make it. So it really does help with um, those players that are in limbo as well that for your tournaments too that they can you know make a conscious decision to decide to play an event or not based on you know how competitive your event is. So I think that's also a really good factor for having these events like earlier than like other big events too. So they can use it as a training ground as well. Cause they know that yep. it's going to be very competitive on their, that end as well. Yep. That's exactly how I want to use it. Just as a, as a place where people could test and, you know, you know, decide what they want to do uh, moving forward. And that's, and honestly, that's what I think uh, is going to gain a lot of people. And that's why I'm, that's what I'm saying, man. I try to, try to cater to the community as much as possible so uh so they can have a good experience and uh they can i can make their life just a little bit easier mm-hmm. and i know that you uh like primarily do like just some like a little bit of commentary here and there for your for, for your streams and whatnot like, have you ever thought of like maybe like in, investing a little bit more into like that side of the game as like like the commentary part of it honestly i try to do what i can when it comes on to lcs i'm always willing to stream them Yep. Uh, just there's just so much going on at the moment. Like I, I can't really be, uh, you know, uh, going on to streams and stuff. You know, eventually maybe, but right now I'm just like I said, focusing more on my career, and uh, eventually down the line maybe I'll play again and get back to where I was. You know. 
Yeah, I, I completely understand that, man. Like, life life gets in the way, and that happens. I'm sure it's happened to every single Yu-Gi-Oh! player that's out there that, you know, that loves this game. It's like, we've all had something that's interfered with it, whether it's, like, work, school, like, other commitments. You know, th- you know stuff happens. It, it's, it is what it is. But, you know, at least, like, you know, the love for our game hasn't, like, really, like, waned or wavered or whatnot. It's just sometimes it's just got to take a backseat to everything. And I completely understand where you're coming from, and I'm pretty sure everyone else that's, like, listening to this, like, completely understands where you're coming from, man. So I don't think anyone's there going to, like, hark on you or judge on you or anything for the, for that matter. Yeah, yeah, man. So, if you were playing like in this format right now, was is there a deck in mind that you'd be playing? Uh, right now, uh, I've been playing recently, uh, just messing around sometimes. Right now, I think the format's very stale. I think Drytron and Virtual World are uh, the two clear best decks. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's just uh, it's just I, I just don't really enjoy the format how it is right now. You know. I think uh, VFD is very oppressive, and I think that card needs to go. I think uh, I think Ben Ten's very uh, very wild as well. So, I mean, honestly, like I would just be happy if VFD went. In all honesty, because like that's just been the issue card for uh, several years now. So I think that card just needs to go. Yeah, and uh, like, there's been talk of like how virtual world could operate if we took away VFD, and then if like look at Shenzhen for example, like, it, that card is operate. disgusting in itself. The thing is, like they have a lot of other interruptions in the deck, such as mm-hmm. Chuche, and there's that new uh, rank nine that just came out, and the, they're they're ending on boards where it's like number thirty five or rank nine Chuche, and like that's just not even like the worst to end on. In a, in a regular game like you, you can do so many different things in the deck so uh, i think the format needs to change a little bit maybe a hit on eldlich maybe uh you know definitely a hit on vfd maybe a hit to dragoons i'm not too i'm not too worried about uh red eyes dark dragoons i know a lot of people complain about that card but i i don't think that card's that big of an issue but um yeah i think like the format in general it's like it's it's not too bad right now but it's it's just, uh, you know, I think VFD is just becoming t- uh, too much of a headache for me to even want to play right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't like, even matter how many hand traps you open. Like, your opponent can still spit out a VFD sometimes, and it's just... Yeah. Yeah, it's just sometimes it's not... You don't enjoy it when you can't play a whole entire aspect of the game. Like, when you can't use, like, the, your, all your monsters, it's just so wild. Yeah, because I've had many games this format where it, it's just ended on the first turn where I look at my hand, and I was like, okay, well, um, you know, can't really do anything this turn so you've got me and then like i would do the same thing back to my opponent and then maybe i'd do the same and then like maybe i'd make it like one grind game in between but yeah like half the time there's at least like one game going on where you just got a scoop in your first turn and that's uh, i'm pretty sure not a lot of people really enjoy having that as part of the game yeah um, i really enjoyed the game during uh orcus format like that was just mm-hmm. the peak point for me because honestly there was just a lot of interaction there's so much interaction yep. in the orcus format but now I feel like there's very minimal interaction. Uh, but I think the format, the way it's shaping up, like if VFD and stuff like that does get hit, then I think the format's actually shaping up uh, quite nicely. I think yeah, Knox is doing a really good job on like shaping the format up because uh, a lot of the combo decks now are not one card combos. There are a lot of like two, three card card uh, card combos, and mm-hmm. you're when you're doing stuff like that, it's definitely more. Uh, it's better than like um, Spiral, for example, where it's all just like, you know, one card combos and like 
other decks where it's one card combos and stuff like that. Like uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. You don't want one card combos. You always want to have like two card combos in the format. Yeah, it, especially when like you're you're going against like going second. Sorry, you're going against that, and then you've got them pinned in corner, and then all of a sudden they top deck that one card combo, and all of a sudden they're right back in the game. It's like you've like out resourced your opponent, you've out exhausted the resources, and they just kind of come back with one lucky top deck when you're like plus four on them, and like you don't want to lose by that. At all. Nobody wants to lose by that, so that that's definitely a great way to kind of slow it down for sure. I don't like the one card combos myself. So I think they're doing a really good job slowing it down. Mm-hmm. Like even the rock deck wasn't one card combo. You know, like you have to start off with the rock. You know, you used to start off with the emancipator. You activated five, then you would have to hit another one, and if you don't hit, you have to have another extender. Like I think stuff like that is fine. Like having combo decks like that is fine. So um, even with a list. You know, there's a lot of good decks. So if VFD gets hit, a lot of other decks can actually start playing. And if Drytron maybe gets hit a little bit, you know, just maybe hit Ben 10, uh, I feel like the format would just be really good. And honestly, uh, uh, Dinosaur can probably, they they could still hit Miscellaneous because, like, uh, you got to remember, like, when these decks go away, that deck might just come back, and Miscellaneous is definitely oppressive. Mm -hmm. So. And, and then not so much like it'll force like other decks to kind of play a little bit differently like for example if we take away like like we said vfd we said many times like we can start running like shenzhen control because again like having like a like a, a macro on board is like is really painful to, for just a lot of people just to go against and if you take away like benton maybe like you start playing with like some megaliths or something like that to kind of compensate for the benton so like there's so many different routes you can go with it if you take away a lot of like key cards in some of the decks but they can yeah. still be like good in their own right Yep, Megalith, Necroz, you could even, like, I know they're getting a new XYZ soon, mm-hmm. so, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of different options you can go with, and for Virtual World, there's a bunch of different uh, Synchro 6s, there's a bunch of Synchro 9s, there's new Rank 9s, there's, uh, they still have Chuche, and, you know, they can play Hand Trap, there's, there's multiple different routes you can go with these decks. Mm-hmm. And and we we've definitely seen it before. Like example, like Salamagrates when like Mirage Stalio go went out and like debug went to one. Then we saw like okay, Flame Buffalo started to get like really popular, and that was starting to come out. Like Prohibit Snake started to come out too, and then we started doing like the update jam or like Transcode Talker kind of combo. So it, it can really open up like a, a whole different like innovative way to play the deck. And like not to mention like BAs, we've seen like a million different variants of that deck as well. So and, and I think that's just a common theme of what we see in the ban list. Like take away one card, and then it opens up a completely new door for like different ways to play the deck. And I I think that, you know, hopefully this ban list will, like, kind of do that for us. There's so many changes that had happened within these lists that, like, that haven't even taken effect yet. Like, like Rusty's on, you know, R- Rusty's off the list. Uh, Phantom Knight's got new cards. Burning Abyss is at full power. Like, there's just there's just all these things that, that have pretty much uh, happened and you haven't seen you know yeah like what like what their potential is because of cards like vfd and stuff you know because mm-hmm. the game is ending in one turn like there's so many decks that you can play right now and it's just i think they just need to go ahead and uh, do something you know like even the dogmatica cards are struggling right now like they're not even being played as much due to the fact of the format and um yeah, I just think uh, they need to switch it up a little bit. I'm really excited for the new ban list. I'm really excited for LCS 11. I'm just excited for the future for uh, for my events, you know. And, and, and for uh, LCS 11, uh, is that is that going to be just a just like a one v one event? Yeah, it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be an individual event, and then um, I think I think it's going to be that uh, an individual event till at least 13. Uh, 
at least 13 13 might be a 3v3 maybe 15 like it, it just depends you know i i try not to overuse the 3v3 aspect because uh i'm a person that doesn't want to make things die out usually when people are doing like uh, for example, PBG, they did events every single weekend. And honestly, like people get burnt out. The format gets burnt out and everything just starts going downhill that way. And honestly, I try to have, a, you know, some space in between so people can take off work. Some people can have uh, can plan in advance. Mm-hmm. That's how I usually like to run my tournaments. I like to post them a month in advance to where people could actually figure out uh, how they want to go about it. Yeah, and, and that's always a good thing to do because, again, like, you know, we we, we all want to, like, be able to play every single event that we can, but, you know, some people can't, like, be a lot of the time off or anything. So it's good that you're getting these done in advance and you're, like, really planning far ahead for it. So, I mean, and good on you for doing so. And do you have any help at all, like, in doing all this stuff or, like, when it comes to, like, planning and promoting or is this, like, just you doing this all? You know, um, when it comes down to it, I do have uh, a couple mods that, always are willing to help mm-hmm. you know um but there's some things you know uh that like i can't get help with yeah uh payment wise like when it comes down to collecting payments for this event um i'm pretty much the only one that could really do anything about that mm-hmm. uh, you know when it comes down to uh stuff like that it's uh really just on my end to get people like to get people more involved it's Honestly, it's a lot on my end when it comes down to making really big decisions. It's really on my end. But my staff does help when it comes down to doing like pairings, when it does come down to doing the deck list for the tournament, when it comes down to uh, judging and stuff like that. That's where my staff comes in. But uh, for most behind the scenes stuff, like when it comes down to like these decisions and stuff like that, it's honestly usually just me when it comes down to that. Um, As for like, as for like sponsorships and bigger decisions like that, I usually go to my sponsor, Nick, you know, he really helps me out with that type of stuff, you mm-hmm. know, because he knows a lot more about business than I do. You know, he has more experience than me. So um, definitely helps me out when it comes down to stuff like that, you know? Yeah, man. Well, well, good on you, man, because these tournaments are really fun to watch for one thing. And it's really awesome. Like seeing all the names that you're being able to pull all this, man. And you're, you're giving exactly what the community is wanting, which is fantastic. So, man, I'm really glad you're, like, you keep keeping these tournaments, man. And, like, I'm definitely supporting you on that one. So, man, good job. Like, and keep, keep this up, man, because I'm really pulling for you. And I hope this, like, thing, like, really goes well with you. Yeah, thanks, man. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely, yeah. man. So, uh, any, uh, any shout-outs you want to give, man, before we head off? Yeah, I, I do want to give out a couple shout-outs here. Uh, my main uh, shout-outs will be to uh, – uh, my sponsor Nick, you know, you couldn't do it without him. He's uh, he you know he's helped me out a lot. Uh, I'd also like to shout out my staff, you know, Adam, Anthony, George, uh, Rodrigo, Christina, anyone that you know just helped me throughout. You know, I I have a bunch of people that have helped me out in my mod staff. You know, pretty much everyone in that group chat has helped me out. So, shout out to them for sure. Uh, shout out to my brother, always putting in the you know the time and uh, effort calling me, making sure I'm good. Um, shout out to Kamal, you know, just a good friend, always making sure that I'm set. So uh, shout out to these guys and uh, shout out to Christian Urena, you know, the GOAT. So uh, <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, that's pretty much it for shout outs. Um, I really do appreciate you having me on. So big shout outs to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I do recommend everybody to go ahead and check out our website, uh, Luxury Gaming LLC. So uh, uh, definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, go ahead and check out our website, uh, Luxury Gaming Facebook Tournaments. Uh, that's pretty much uh, our our main things, you know, we run online tournaments there. So, uh, like, uh, check out our luxury gaming Facebook page if you guys want to enter some tournaments. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, maybe one more shout out. I think, uh, I forgot one last one. Uh, yeah, I get it. Pack TCG. Like I, I said, love pack. Uh, you know, I brought that up earlier before. I'm not kidding. He has literally the best channel on YouTube right now when it comes down for uh, competitive play. Mm-hmm. He's, He's doing a, a series called uh, Balling on a Budget where mm-hmm. he's where he's bought three structure decks and he has a ten dollar uh, a ten dollar allowance a week where he builds his uh, deck through uh, uh, he builds a deck that way. So I, I think that series is insane and I, I think he's putting in a lot of work and he's been grinding it out. So uh, big shout outs to Pack. Check him out. That's a fun series to watch because I've seen him take down like a lot of like YouTubers out there and like big names out there as well with that Shadal deck. It's really entertaining to watch and I love that series. Definitely agree with you on that one. And all the links will be in the description below for all the luxury gaming links, man. Again, Honey, man, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Perennial YCS topper, winner of the YCS 3v3 in Lima, Peru with Orcas, man. Uh, pleasure having you on, bro. And uh, continued luck with you with the wonderful success that you've had with uh, luxury game in the LCS, man. Thanks, David. I really do appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you for coming out. You have a great night, man. Uh, you too, David. Uh-huh.